us and Paul's talking to the, talking to the crowd and the Corinthians and he's talking about himself and some of his apostles. As servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. And I want us to focus today on this word, servants. Now, if you know anything about Paul, you know that he lived intentionally. There was nothing about his life that he did unintentionally. And what I found really interesting is that in this passage, what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to inform us that if you are to gain anything from my life, the first thing that you need to know is that I am a servant. But the word that he uses here specifically is very profound because he uses a word called under rower. Now, if you know anything about the Roman Empire, the Romans were notorious for using slaves to get work done. And an under rower would be, some, would be somebody who would be in the belly of a warship, chained to the boat. And this is where we have to turn, tune in because Paul is about to lay the foundation for us to experience something deeper. You see, there are five aspects of the work of an underrower that Paul in his time could identify with, that he was actually trying to refer to when he said, I am a servant of Christ. The first thing is that a galley slave rode to the captain's beat. There was a rhythm that the rower had to adhere to from the captain in order to stay in unity, catch this, with his captain and his community. The second thing was that the slaves had to row together. They had to be moving in the same direction or paying attention to the specific instructions given to them in order to move forwards, backwards, circle around, move from side to side. The third thing was that they had to trust the captain. And this is interesting, because an underrower wasn't someone who had visibility of what was happening on the surface. They weren't given vision to see, only direction to follow. You see, they had no idea what the enemy looked like. He didn't understand the direction that he was heading. His life was in the hands of the captain. Which means that fourth, they were committed for life. It was an all-in approach. And the last thing that they would have known is that they would have received no honor. Because only the captain of the vessel would have been visible to the outer world. There was no public credit. There was no personal praise for getting the role right. And it's here where we find that Paul is making a very stark declaration. That the life that I live isn't about what I think is best. It isn't based on my intellect, about my opinion, in my skill, about my legacy, or my story. You see, Paul wanted to be someone who did the work and the will of his master. And what Paul is trying to speak to us today is he wants us to be someone who would be willing to do the work and the will of our master. And so it begs the question today. And for some of us, it might sting a little. But as you've reflected on 2019, does your life reflect that of a servant? When you take into consideration 
the year that's ahead of you? What do you want to do? And have you considered who it is that you want to become in Christ? Have you partnered with God to figure that out? Or do you find yourself fighting God to have control over the vision in your life? Do you find yourself fighting God to have control over the authority of your life? Or are you willing to be humble before his leadership and the authority that he places over you and your life? And for some of us, the, quote, the real question is, is, do you even know who that is? Because if you call LifePoint home, for us, that's our senior pastor, for better or for worse. We've chosen to be under the leadership and the spiritual authority of our senior pastor and those that he allows to come onto this stage and to speak God's word. And the question is, for 2019, are you willing to serve whenever, however, whoever? Are you willing to lean into the voice and the leadership placed over your life? This is the first thing that Paul is pleading for us to come back to in this passage. But what I really want to camp out on today is what Paul says next in verse 2. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Trust of who? Jesus. Trust of what? His gospel. And when I read this, I, I took a step back and I said, oh, okay, God, what is it that you're trying to say to me? Through these, through these two verses, what is it that you're trying to speak into my life? And this is where God really leaned into me. And it was a simple question. Have you been faithful? Andrew, have you been faithful? Are you going to be Faithful. Now, my first thoughts were like, I'm a pastor, bro. I got this. Let me prove it. Google, you know, faithful. English word comes from Latin origin. The first three things it says, to trust, check. To have faith in, check. To abide in, check. I got this. Good start. But then we move to the definition. The quality of being faithful. Faithful means loyal. Full of faith or trust, firmly and resolutely, staying with a person, group, cause, belief, or idea, and the catchphrase, without waver, despite the circumstance. And there was the next line in this definition where it really sunk in for me, because it said, faithful is said to be much more often used about dogs than people. Now, for some of us, it's, this is, this is going to be a mind blower. But so many of us have gotten this wrong because we're looking at the definition of faithful incorrectly. You see, being faithful is not the same thing as being unfaithful. This is a big deal tonight. Being faithful is not the same thing as being unfaithful. You see, if you've ever been to a wedding, right, you've heard this phrase often, you know, be faithful, till death do us part, yada, yada, yada. Being faithful doesn't mean not having an affair, right? That's an assumed. 
Being faithful is to hold yourself to the standards that you spoke on your wedding day. Let's make it more practical. Right? Being faithful in a job doesn't mean showing up late. That's an assumed. You were paid to do that. Being faithful is striving to the highest mark, not the lowest standard. And this is where it gets huge. Because when you ask yourself, am I faithful to God? It doesn't mean, am I not sitting, sinning that makes me faithful? Not sinning is helpful. But being faithful is being a good steward and a good servant of what has been entrusted to you. A manager of what God has given you day in and then day out. So are you being faithful with what you have been entrusted with at home, at work, in your marriage, in parenthood, as a member of this church? Are you being faithful? And as an exercise, you should write down what it is in your life that you are responsible for or to. And then ask yourself, in each area, have I been faithful? Am I being faithful? Because the truth is, how much of your life is yours and how much of your life is God's? This is a little heavy. Welcome to First Wednesday. If you've never been here before, my name's Andrew Garcia. I'm the student pastor. Yes, we talk this deep with our kids. You're welcome. The question that we need to know is, does God revolve around you, or do you revolve around him? See, because when I survey our church and when I peek into the window of some of our lives through the questions that I ask and the conversations that I have, and when I look underneath the hood of my own personal life, what I see is I see us handing off our eternal life, but holding on to our current one. God, you can have my soul, but you can't have my body. God, you can have my life after death, but not my life before. Are you being faithful? Are you willing to give up your ambitions in life to serve his church? If God asked you today to turn over your job and to take a role on in his church, and I'm not just saying this church, but his church at large, would you be willing to give up what you want for what it is that he wants from you? Are you willing to leverage what you have been entrusted with for what he wants to accomplish in his church? And for some of us, that's our skills, that's our ability, that's our talent, that's our finances, that's our future, maybe the near future. And, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God won't use you outside of the church community, but what I'm asking tonight is that right now, where it is that you find yourself, are you being faithful with what God has entrusted you with? Not, not I'm skimming by, so I'm not being unfaithful. Because remember, being faithful is to push and to strive and to reach for the highest standard, not the lowest denominator. So if we lack faithfulness, and the truth is, is that we lack a regard for our relationship with Jesus. And that's a bold statement. And, and maybe that's why some of you are getting a little worked up right now. Because we know 
that if we were to kind of survey some of our lives, we would realize that we settle for convenience, not conviction, comfort, not change, and cravings, not consistency. We have been unfaithful. So what do we do about it? I want you guys to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And I'm almost done, so don't worry. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, what I'm going to say next is, is mainly my opinion. But I don't think that the order of these fruits of the Spirit was accidental. You see, by nature, most of us know to some degree that we are unfaithful beings. Our minds stray. We can't fully control our flesh. We need some discipline, and usually we lack it, and we need somebody to help keep us accountable to the disciplines that we choose in our life. But the good news today is that if you follow Jesus and you consider him Lord of your life, then we have the Holy Spirit to help partner with us to keep us in line to be faithful in our lives. But there's a process to getting that right. And when we look at this verse, let's make, is it still up there? Let's keep this verse up for a minute. I believe that the fruits of the Spirit provide us in order, catch this, to evaluating our progress with the Spirit within us. So let's start with love. Love is the umbrella. We have to understand love before we can move forward in our relationship with God. Because if you don't understand how much God loves you, then nothing in the Bible is going to make sense. But once you understand love, we can then express what comes next. Joy. Because joy is true freedom found in an everlasting love. That no matter what, you are loved. That it's the recognition that there's nothing that I can do that is going to ever separate me from the love of my creator. How can you not have true love and true joy in light of that statement? Which brings us to peace. Because from the recognition of the freedom of joy, we can tap into the peace of God. Because no matter the circumstance, we know that we're not bound to it. We're living in the freedom of the promise now. God's already finished the book. We've already won. The victory is already ours. We just have to live our best life as a reflection for his glory. Which brings us to patience. Because this is then where we get to live this out in any circumstance. To endure by the promise found in peace. Wrapped in joy. Anchored in God's love for us. And then we're allowed to be kind to ourselves and to everyone else around us because we're not swayed by our circumstance or their opinion or their anger or their frustration with us. And that's when we find ourselves experiencing God's goodness. And those around us. And that's where we find consistency is born. Because he has been good to me, I can be faithful to him which allows us to approach everyone where they are, as they are, knowing that God is moving, planting, watering, and pruning. 
because there's a gentleness in our spirit towards them because there was a gentleness in his spirit towards us. And as we step into their world, we realize how small our world is because our life is not our own. And we have been given our life to live our life, not for ourselves, but as an example to others. And this is where we begin to exercise self-control because we realize that we're living for something greater than ourselves and our legacy. You see, the fruits of the Spirit reflect a pattern, a process, a journey that we need to begin to take. And the fruit that's evident in your life right now is evidence of what you believe to be true about God in you. Let me say it again. The fruit that's evident in your life right now is evidence of what you believe to be true about God within you. And where you find a lack of fruit, you find a hole in your relationship with God. And as we move into 2019, your focus needs to be, God, where do I lack fruit in my life and why? Holy Spirit, reveal to me what is missing and what is in my way. And why do I not believe this to be true about you in my life? Because the fruits of the Spirit are way, it's a way of living, not an action. The fruits of the Spirit are not actions that you take, but a mindset that you own. This is why in Romans 12, 2, Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because the fruit of the Spirit is just laying around you, waiting for you to pick it up and bite into it. It's already been produced for your consumption. And this is the manifestation of the renewing of our minds through Christ. This is how we produce a life that is faithful and unwavering. A servant that is willing to be led blindly by the hand towards the future that our captain has for our life. And the good news today is that God wants more for you than you want for yourself. He's got more planned for you, more dreams for you, more hopes for you than you have for yourself. He made you. You're his. Faithfulness is stewarding what has been entrusted to you with excellence and endurance. Brandon, can you come up here and play for me real quick? And remaining unwavering to the one who has given us the promise. Being faithful is not an absence of a commitment. It's the fulfillment of commitment. Faithfulness comes with assumed expectations. Faithfulness fights feelings. Faithfulness pushes forward. Faithfulness says God first. Faithfulness is a, con is a commitment to always change and to always let your captain lead. Can we just bow our heads? God, today we all come into this place seeking your heart first. God, 2019, a lot of us have, we've, we've got some big plans. There are things that we want to accomplish, there are things that we want to see come to pass in our lives. But the problem, God, is that most of us in here who say that we follow you, 
have actually left you out of the equation. We believe in you, but then we live our lives as if you don't exist. And God, today we stand before you and we acknowledge that there's some stuff missing. Some of us lack love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness. Some of us lack faithfulness, self-control. And God, as we lean into you towards this year, we ask that you just begin to open up our eyes and our heart to see you in a deeper way. That you would make yourself known and real to us as we begin to give you our heart, to give you our future, to trust you, that you're going to lead us to direct our steps the right way towards the right doors that you need us to walk through. God, there are some of us in your day that we have been selfish with our life. We want you to have our eternity, but we don't want you to have our body now. And God, as we, I just ask that you would convict us. As we pick up your word and as we begin to read it, God, that you would prick us. The things in our lives that are in the way of getting us to change, to become true apostles, true disciples, followers of you. God, we want our lives to mean and reflect more. Today we hand over the keys. And we ask that you take the lead in our life. In Jesus' name we pray.